when you're building something, do you think, I'm going to make this into an evil lair in years to come? I will give it a name. If you're evil, maybe. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. As always, I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, and with me today is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. As always, delighted to be here. And yet again, Peter, you brought with yourself an Angus. I tried to stop him, but he just followed me. I think actually he just didn't leave from the last time. Ah, that would explain that little nest of cushions you got over there. (laughs) Unfortunately, I have had a mishap since last time. That's all right, we've got a mopping bucket. Well, I, I, I got caught by a lich, so I'm no longer a ninth level human fighter i'm i'm now down to fourth level and having to pick myself up again you've been level drained i've been level drained that is unfortunate now, i know that isn't fifth edition but yeah. i'm old school i didn't know so his hair old. was getting grayer every time i see oh i thought that was because he was trying to make it more blonde to go with uh, Django. those lustrous blonde silver. locks silver i've gone from gold to silver so hello to both of you welcome here yet again it's been so long since i last saw you i know absolutely ages so, Peter, what has caught your eyes this week? It's not something that's particularly recent, but a blog that I reacquainted myself with was called Dungeonomics, which is a portmanteau of Dungeoneering and Economics. Are you familiar? A lady called Multiplexer writes it, and essentially what they do is they look at your standard Dungeons & Dragons trope and explores the economic ramifications of it. Things like, why do wizards keep big flocks of sheep? What happens when you have flying castles? Really fantastic thing. Um, and also, when you're given that map by the king, says, go there and sort out that leech. Who wrote that map? And with their blog and so forth, it gives you this sort of adventure season, works out the ramifications of who, how you do that. And I think it would really add a lot of verisimilitude to a game. Or verisimilitude. What are those? That does sound very interesting. Mm, yeah, Dungeonomics. It's on um, Critical Hits, I think. Uh, but certainly I always search for Dungeonomics, which is, as it sounds, Dungeon or Mix. So let's let's do the news today. And um, there's not a lot of news right now, uh, but uh, Roll20 mm-hmm. have rolled out a new update with a great big new feature. Uh, Roll20, as you know, is the leading um, virtual tabletop. Um, the new big feature they've got available is a character creation app, which integrates directly with it. Oh, nice. nice. Supports only one game at the moment. Mm-hmm. Make a guess. Is it Fifth Dead Dungeons & Dragons? It might be. Oh, uh, there is a chances. teaser on their website saying Pathfinder Sort is coming soon. That's going to be quite a challenge. There's quite a lot of Pathfinder out there. There is, there is. Although with Pathfinder 2nd Edition coming soon, maybe they're holding off a little for that. I don't know. No, no. Uh, also in the news this week, uh, mm-hmm. Cubicle 7 released some more information about Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Uh, the uh, PDF can be expected to come out in the next few weeks, uh, I think sometime in July. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've uh, previewed the uh, the new ability scores they're using for the game. Uh-huh. Um, it's fairly familiar to those that um, have played Warhammer before. Uh, so we've got weapon skill, ballistic skill, strength, toughness, initiative, yeah. agility, dexterity, intelligence, willpower and fellowship. 
Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me there is the division between dexterity and agility. Yeah. Um, two different things. So isn't fellowship new? Um, yeah. No. So let's jump back to the uh, dexterity and agility there. So um, they've uh, they've decided to split this up because, um, as they in their words, they say, uh, dwarfs, they're known for exquisite works of craftsmanship, but they're not flexible acrobats. And that's why they wanted to distinguish between uh, agility and dexterity as being, mm. you know... Just because you can um, do fine, dexterous work on a piece of jewellery doesn't mean you can dance, no. and vice versa. Yeah, so fellowship is um, the ability to influence and befriend. It's basically charisma. Yeah. I'm and, and, sure. and, and that was already... Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning um, to doubt myself now, I must say. I, I'm 100% sure it's in things like Dark Heresy, which in is... In that case, it will be in the original yeah. Warhammer as well. But. Yeah, so the uh, uh, starter set for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, that's scheduled for early September, uh, $29.99. Uh, mm. Dollars, that is. Uh, the core rule book is due a bit sooner, uh, release date in August, mm-hmm. and that's going to be $59.99. Could we see it at Gen Con? Ooh. I think there's a good chance. It does look like it. Fantastic. Uh, so, uh, Chaosium have got a, a new sci-fi RPG coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, developed by Chris Spivey. Spivy, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Who is the person who is behind Harlem Unbound? So expect very good things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was also shortlisted for the uh, Diana Jones, by the way, if you recall. So it's not the only only Mm. award it's in the running for this year. And actually, it's not the only award that he's up for on the Ennies, because Cthulhu Confidential by Pelgrane Press, he had a hand in that one as well. So, yeah, Chris has been getting around. Hmm. A talented young person. Well, we don't know. We don't know much about this new game. Um, we know it's going to be based on Chaosium's basic role-playing system, and it's going to be launched with the core rulebook, GM pack with screen, and some adventures. But other than that, there's almost nothing known at this stage. Oh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, what else is there in the news? Um, so uh, there's been some more Pathfinder Second Edition previews. Mm-hmm. Um, they've previewed the archetypes recently. Mm-hmm. Um, archetypes uh, historically in Pathfinder. Uh, an archetype would be this is a ranger archetype this is a cleric archetype um, they, they've uncoupled the archetypes in the classes mm-hmm. um, so archetypes oh. can be accessed by different classes um, So and also they're shunting it over into the feat system so an mm-hmm. archetype is going to be basically a feat chain so you'll take an initial feat which opens up the feat chain for you mm-hmm. and then you can take further feats later on throughout your as you level up mm-hmm. um, within that archetype you can have multiple ar- archetypes Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to leave a gap in between. You've got to take a certain number of feats in one before you can move on to another. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like, yeah, they've pretty much redesigned the entire archetype system there. Yeah, that's pretty much the news for the week. That's news for the week. Fantastic. Not an awful lot of news this week, no. Peter? Yes, Russ? How would you like to play our favourite game in all the world? Oh, boy, would I? Oh, why don't we have a game of Guess the Kickstarter after just being told the title? Hey! I'm sure the uh, title of this game changes slightly each week. Right, <laughs> are we ready? Yes, let's do it. First one. Here we go. The first one is called Vault of K-Horror. 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 Hmm. K-apostrophe horror. I see. Not the Avatar The Last Airbender Legend of Horror that... We've all been waiting for. It's like K-pop, but K-horror. Oh, you're thinking more Korean. Interesting. There is a strong history of uh, fantastic horror films coming out of Korea, so that would be a thing. Um, I, I will give you a clue. This is nothing to do with Korean pop music. 
So we won't be doing it again, I'm sorry. I understand. Um, okay, it sounds like a horror RPG, but instead of being straight horror, I think it's got like a really strong comedy element because they're clearly trying to um, parody the Cthulhu things where we just like throw Kurt and more apostrophes into words because that's how you are not doing well this week, Peter. I'm sorry, they can't give it better than that. Now at minus 15. That's another minus five points. So this is an adventure for Tunnels and Trolls. Yes. It is not a comedy. Not a comedy. Um, It involves ancient vampire lords, tombs and vaults. I don't know what else to say. I mean... That's wrong, really. It's a... Yeah, it's a tomb and vampire lord themed adventure for Tunnels and Trolls. So why horror? I don't know. That's the name of the location. The name of the location is Kahora. So the next one... Why Greyskull? Because the castle is grey and looked like a skull. Why do all these places have names that sound scary? When you're building something, do you think, I'm going to make this into an evil lair in years to come? I will give it a name. Not if you're evil, maybe. The Eye of the Cyclops. Oh, nice. Uh, So, I'm hoping, against all reasonable hope, that the Eye of the Cyclops is a throwback to some sort of Odysseus or Ulysses-esque sort of fantastic ancient Greek games where you've got stuff going on and they're trying to blind the Cyclops and he's all like, who has blinded me? And Ulysses shouts, nobody! And he's like saying to his Cyclops next, nobody has blinded me because I don't know, Cyclopses weren't very bright. Uh, That's probably not it. No. So I'm going to instead... That's cheating. Two guesses. No, I said what I was hoping it would be. So what would you have done if we'd said, that's correct, completely right, but it's not your guess. Try again. I said, well, that makes things very awkward. <laughs> you really shouldn't give me spoilers. <laughs> so, I have Cyclops. Mm, that's a head scratcher, no mistake. What was the first part of the title again? The. The. The, the I Cyclops. <laughs> in the word, in the immortal words, very common. Ski guys, I'm getting hurt. <laughs> Shall I tell you? Go on then. Shall I put you out of your misery? I've got no clue. Okay then. Well, at least you didn't do a wrong guess, so you don't get negative points for this one. You just get no points for this okay. one. So you're still at minus 15 uh, in this completely arbitrary point system that I've made up in my head. I feel like I'm in the Eurovision Song Contest. Well, you won a million points last week anyway, so... Then you lost them, though. Although the million points only showed up on the um, bonus content blooper reel over on Patreon. So the mm-hmm. listeners will have no idea what we're talking about. The and listeners. probably you still don't because you'll probably need to be a Patreon back to listen to this bit. No, the Kickstarter is actually one of the more popular sections, apparently. Yeah, but not the uh, when we go off from random tangenty, tangenty, tangenty things. Unless we try and bring it back by saying, How do you become a member of a Patreon to listen to these great outtakes? How do you become a member of Patreon to listen to these outtakes? Good question. Well, you head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Morris? How do you spell that? M O R R U S. M O R R U S. M O R R U S. All together now. M O R R U S. You can pledge a small amount to support our little podcast because it does cost us a lot of money. We have to pay Daryl every month. We have to buy all this equipment we're surrounded by here. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, So if you could just give us a little bit of spare change each month, you get to hear our outtakes, blooper reel, um, additional content that didn't fit into the podcast. 
For example, uh, in the last blooper reel, uh, we had two extra takes on our sketch, mm -hmm. a discussion of Gen Con and Wizards of the Coast, and then we had all the usual outtakes as well. And you just can't wait to hear more of our dulcet tones. Head on over to the Patreon and sponsor us there. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Anyway, moving on. I the Cyclops. Our Cyclops. No idea. So it's a systemless adventure. It's a 30-page system-neutral adventure, mm -hmm. uh, light on rules, but it comes with four miniatures, mm. uh, plus a treasure item and a terrain piece. Okay. So you've got everything. You've got the adventure and all the miniatures and terrain that you need to be able to run the scenario. But no rules. Or the encounter. No rules. Provide those yourself. So I could run it in Pathfinder, Starfinder, Power by the Apocalypse. Bunnies and Burrows. Nice. Tolls and Trolls. Get extra value after the K-Horror Kickstarter. To, to be fair, I think it would be tricky running it as bunnies and burrows. I think you could be right. You might be able to do it. But. Okay, next on our list, the Dragon Scales Fantasy RPG. Hmm. Some sort of fantasy that, that RPG. does not give it away, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm hoping it involves dragons, otherwise I shall be most bitterly disappointed. Yeah, it sounds a bit like it's going to have a touch of Dragon Age about it, but Dragon Scale... Overlapping. Mm -mm. Hmm. So what this is, this is um, has the involvement of James Ward, um, who you may remember from uh, Gamma World, Metamorphosis, Alpha Deities and Demigods, Greyhawk Adventures, things like that. Uh -huh. uh, so this is a, obviously a fantasy campaign, yeah. as you could probably guess. Um, normal wizards, vampires, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the dragons rule the night skies and terrify the populace. Oh, night dragons. Uh, only the heroes mm -hmm. are bold enough to face these dragons, fight them, and take their magical scales to use in further quests. Hmm. Interesting. I have a feeling it's also a card-driven role-playing game. Don't know much more about it than that, but I've got a feeling that it didn't use dice, or it certainly used cards alongside dice. Please. The cards were in there. Right, next on the list. Mm -hmm. The Host. Mm -hmm. What is The Host? H-O-S-T, Host. Okay, well, Host has a variety of meanings. Uh, let's throw some out there. We've got the organism which has been invaded by a parasite. We've got someone who has invited a bunch of guests to come to their thing. So, possibilities. I'm going to go with... Uh, host has been invaded by something else. Because I think there would be... like Red Wedding is probably a bit overplayed. So, we'll ignore that meaning of host. So, probably wrong. Uh, so, we've got the host... Yeah, well, let's go full Stephanie Mayer on this bad boy, and for it as like you've got you've got people and they've been invaded by psychic insects, so we're throwing in a bit of invasion of body snatchers. So your guess is people invaded by psychic insects. Yeah, let's do that. Hmm, interesting. I can tell you. Yes. I can exclusively reveal that the host is not about people invaded by psychic insects. I hope it's at least that cool. Uh, so it's um, it's a source book mm -hmm. um, for Warsong Second Edition, which is a fake powered mm -hmm. um, game. It's um, it's a look at cybernetics and artificial life. Interesting. Um, so we're looking at awakened machines, living programs, advanced synths, new rules, powers, and abilities for machines. So maybe it's more host, as in a great war host of stuff coming along, or is it? Going for more of a ghost. Yeah, I, I, yeah ghost. I couldn't tell you offhand where uh, where the name comes from. But the host is one of the factions inside them, I believe. Oh. Because a lot of the, the different cybernetic 
constructs and stuff like that have broken into kind of like different factions. Mm. Um, the host is one of these factions. Ah, oh, so it's sort of a splat book for fake war song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, yeah. Looking at sort of different kind of like technical, you know, the technology, AIs, etc. Right, so you've clearly got about minus a million points for that one. Get away, you Minus a million and 15. Mm. Well, you may be able to snatch it back with the next one. It's possible. So, this one is called Side Quests, Tip Top Taverns. <laughs> oh, that's marvellous. It's going to be some sort of D&D-esque supplement, I think. Mm-hmm. Potentially, system agnostic or compatible with Fifth Dead and Pathfinder with very little effort. And it will be, you go, what happens when you go and have a much needed long rest in the budding comforts of an inn and those mysterious strangers always found in Quest Giver's Corner, which is very well laid out. It's got like the extra deep hell clothes so it's near the fire enough to be warm and comfy, but still well shadowed enough that they can maintain that proper air of mysteriousness. So I think it's a bunch of side quest seeds that you can use in fantasy RPGs to go nuts with. Not, not bad. Um, so you're correct. It's D&D Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Both of. Uh, it is a collection of 20 taverns. Mm-hmm. You can insert into your game. Each one has unique characters, like the barkeeps, the patrons, staff. It's got, it's got menus, entertainment, bar fights, adventure hooks, and so on. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think you did pretty well there. I reckon you get 7 out of 10. What's a what's, uh, million and 15 plus uh, Minus million and 15 plus no, 7. A million and 8. You're at minus a million and eight points now. I'm doing well. You're clawing your way back. Absolutely. One of the the cool things about taverns, tip-top taverns, is Mm -hmm. that uh, not all the taverns are human-centric as well. So they've given you different Mm -hmm. drinking establishments for some different different races as well, which is quite good. Can you go drinking in a goblin bar? Quite possibly. I haven't haven't seen the full list of what is in there, but... uh, Might be a stretch goal worth considering. Anyway, moving on. So next up, you're at minus... A million, million and, eight. and eight points, so you're going to claw your way back up. Uh, this one, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of Critical Role? Critical Role? Hmm. Some sort of RPG podcast. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> no, no, it's uh, Matt ob- Mercer. Yeah, obviously, you know what Critical Role is. So, Critical yeah, Role yeah. has, mm-hmm. or there is, a Kickstarter called Critical Role right now. What do you think that is? Ooh. Using my entirely guessing powers, and not due to the fact that in the previously recorded section of the podcast, you mentioned it has been full of um, miniatures and so forth. That's what I'm going to say. It's full of miniatures. Correct. Uh, so, Steamforged Games have teamed up with yes. um, the guys over at Critical Role, uh-huh. and uh, they're producing miniatures of the various sort of heroes from their two campaigns, Vox Machina and Mighty Nine. Mm. Um, so there's a whole range of uh, whole range of um, miniatures being produced. Um, it's done really, really well. It's about mm. half a million pounds now, mm-hmm. and uh, plowing forward. I think Angus, you mentioned that it's quite a short run Kickstarter. I think it is. I'm not entirely certain. Um, there should be a date where you're looking that we'll be able to say when it finishes. It finishes just beneath uh, the title. Sixth of July in two days' time, because today is Wednesday, the fourth of July, is it not? They might well be, yes. Happy Independence Day, everyone. <laughs> Except for you guys at Critical Role, sorry. <laughs> but unfortunately, as Peter used insider knowledge on that one, his result is not only void, but you get a minus half a million penalty. <laughs> I don't think we can count the fact that 
I'm not deliberately looking at Kickstarters, although being your friend on Facebook does make it very hard not to know about Kickstarters. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw that out there, Angus. Um, but also, if people actually tell me stuff, I'm going to remember it, because otherwise that's... Yeah. That's how I know everything. It's okay. the basis of human knowledge, Angus. We, What's wrong with you, you monster? We have one left. One left? Yeah. <gasps> Let's make it a good one. If you don't get this one... <laughs> I will feel embarrassed. <laughs> it's right. possible, I assure you. Here we go. Yeah. Easy read, large print dice. What could that possibly be? Easy read, large print dice. Well, as a head scratcher, I'm going to say that there may be some form of polyhedra, possibly with extra large numerals, which I think is a really worthy Kickstarter because uh, I have noticed that some of our older players are finding it a bit difficult to read the dice. And certainly speaking as a GM, when people have dice which largely consist of extremely intricately carved surfaces but where the actual number is really really tiny i don't like that very much so if everyone switched to like you know i'll get older bigger dice with bigger numbers i'd be really happy so so basically yeah Yeah. we got large dice clear numbers on them but also um, they're creating a brand new d4 Uh, is it a d12 it is a D12. That's not brand new. Yeah. Um, so it's so a D12 with one through four appearing three times each. So it's not the world's biggest caltrop, but it will actually roll. Yes. Good times. I hear we've got some exciting news this week for us. Yep. Today is the day. Today, Wednesday, the 4th of July. Ah. <gasps> Because that is what today is, is it not? Yes, yes, it's uh, American Independence Day. Wait, is that what we're celebrating today? That is not what we're celebrating today. Oh, then what are we celebrating today? We are celebrating the Ennies nominations for 2018. Uh, The Ennies? How exciting. Isn't that the TV thing? Yes. Oh, no, sorry, I'm thinking of the Emmys. So the Mm -hmm. Ennies are the uh, EN World Gen Con RPG awards which mm-hmm. take place every year and they announce the best and the brightest in all of tabletop role playing games fantastic um, there's a big ceremony every year at Gen Con and um, we've been doing this for 18 years now 18 yeah wow a long time started in 2001 it's now 2018 <laughs> so the 2018 nominations have come out today Fantastic. As always, it's a big, big list, and the voting is going to start very soon. But we're not going to go through every single item in this list because there's just too many of them, and no one wants to listen to us here and reel off a list of 50 products. Well, except maybe Angus. Angus, would you like to listen to us? I'm always keen on listening to them all, but uh, but yeah, I'm sure there's a website that you can get a quick rundown of products plus product links to the actual pages. So you can go to either enworld at enworld.org, or you can go to the Ennies website at ennies-awards.com. Ooh. How do you spell Ennies? E-N-N-I-E-S. 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 All together now. E-N-N-I-E-S. So, the nominations. Um, So, for those who are new to the Ennies, the uh, Ennies um, publishers enter their products every year, Mm -hmm. and a group of five elected judges, the judges are elected each year. Ooh, yeah. Well, they're they're elected the year before, for the following year, then come up with the uh, nominations in each category, Mm -hmm. and then later, the uh, public will vote on those nominations to find out the final winners, which will be announced at Gen Con. Okay, so it's a bit like Strictly Come Dancing and Dancing with the Stars, we've got like a panel of judges... 
and they help sort of like narrow it down. I think Strictly Come Dancing is a bit like the Ennies because the Ennies is 18 years old and I don't think Strictly Come Dancing is. That's true, actually, yes. So Strictly Come Dancing is like the Ennies. Yes. And seeing an excellent format, they decided to copy it (laughs) and they've got a selection of judges who've narrowed it down and then the public votes on them. Yes, basically. Brilliant. Quick question. There's less dancing involved in the Ennies than there is in Strictly Come Dancing, but I'm working on that. I'm liking the way you think. Not my question, but an excellent way to go. Huh, I could be in. I do do a good jive. Anyway, no, my question was, who are the judges for this year? Excellent question. Uh, the five judges this year yes, yes. are uh, Brian Nowak, mm-hmm. Sean McCoy, yep. Denise Robinson, uh, Reese Carter, yep. and Kurt Weigel. Ah, and these people, um, do you pick them or...? Where do they come from? Uh, so the judges are elected each year. So, so what happens yeah. um, is uh, judges can throw their hat into the ring each year. Mm-hmm. On the Ennies website, there'll be a biography of each judge. Mm-hmm. Each judge is welcome to go out and campaign in any way they wish. Nice. As long as no publisher campaigns for them. Makes sense, yeah. And then the public votes. At the same time they vote on the nominations of that year, mm-hmm. the public also votes on the following year's judges. Mm. And then you get a slate of five judges who will be picking the nominations in the following year. Mm, nice. So when you come to vote on the Ennies this year, there will also be an option to choose your favourite judges. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Angus, you've worked in the industry for millions of years. Hi. No, please, not the face. Um, uh, what, what, what do you reckon? You've seen, the, you've seen the list now? You've seen the judges? Excellent choices? I think there's some very, very good choices, yeah. Um, obviously, we'll be covering a whole bunch of them later on, so I'm not going mm. to do, do a spoiler at this uh, stage oh. of, the, uh, of, of the podcast. But yeah, I think there's some very, very good choices in there this year. And certainly mm-hmm. some of the groups are going to be very, very hotly... Well, they're all going to be hotly contested, but some of, of them course. I can see there possibly only being a handful of votes between you know, between items calling it. Um, and given how many people generally vote in Yenny's, uh, because you normally get tens of thousands of votes for these, don't you? Hmm. I think that's uh, that's going to be you know, a testament to how how good this you know, some of this year's slate, or all of this year's slate are. So one thing I was going to ask um, for the listeners at home is how do the judges select the actual products? Oh, so okay. the judges all have their own criteria. Mm. They're elected based on their, their mm-hmm. campaign, their opinions, how they say they're going to judge. Mm-hmm. The judges largely have free reign to mm. uh, judge uh, judge products on anything that's important to them, yes. uh, as long as it's kind of, yeah, within the product, uh, the category. So obviously for best art, obviously they are looking at the art, not something else. But yeah, essentially each judge has their own criteria. Mm-hmm. That is the platform on which they're elected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if a judge has a particular leading or so forth and gets elected based on that, well, that's democracy in action. Absolutely. Um, so that's that's why it's going to change each year, especially since uh, it was uh, last year we introduced term limits, uh, just to make sure that the judge we got a decent sort of turnover in judges every mm-hmm. year, fresh eyes every yeah, year. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. Nice. Um, in fact, it might be. I don't think we've got time in this podcast because we're trying to keep it down to under an hour. Thanks, Daryl. Um, but it might be a worthwhile thing to do, like a, a little bit of extra thing, and look at the judges uh, that are nominated for this year. Oh, well, we could, but they haven't been nominated yet. Right, exactly. So we've got to wait for them to be no- not <laughs> uh, even that. We literally time. announced that um, applications were open, I think it was yesterday, the day before, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which should have been last week now. Yes. Uh, yes, of course, yeah. because it's Wednesday, the 4th of July today. Yeah. Yes, clearly. <laughs> 
Uh, so we, we literally just announced that the um, applications are open. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be you know two or three weeks before we've got a decent sort of list of candidates. Fantastic. Uh, well, it seems like a really important and influential position for such a widespread and popular award. So it'd be really good to know more about the people who are going to be choosing them. Absolutely. Next year. Well, we'll yeah. definitely cover the judges yeah, yeah. when it comes to that time. Well, it gets a bit closer to the time. That'd be fantastic. But let's have a look at this year's nominees, shall we? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get into the meat of the thing. Right. Yeah. So, as I said, we're not going to cover every single nomination because there's so many of them. So there's 23 categories of Yennies, and that's mm-hmm. before you get into fan publisher awards that mm. gets nominated at a later stage. Yeah, oh. so we got uh, five nominations per category, so we're talking well over 100, 120, 130-odd nominations. Right. And I'm sure nobody out there wants to listen to us list every single one of those. So we're just going to concentrate on some of the big sort of um, nominations here. Some uh, Pick a couple of categories and uh, look at the companies that have gotten the most nominations. Sounds good. Let's do it. So would you like to start at the top or the bottom? Uh, let's go from the ground up. Save number one for last. Okay, then. So looking at the uh, looking at the companies that have two nominations, we're not going to yes. cover the ones that have just the one nomination yeah. because there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, uh, they're all fantastic. Well done to every single one of them. We wish mm. we had time to list every single one of you, but we're going to start with those that have two nominations. Excellent stuff. Um, so Christopher Gray, Happiest Apocalypse on Earth. Uh, have you heard of this game? Don't ring bells, Angus. Heard it, got it. Nice. So it's a uh, nice Powered by the Apocalypse game based oh. around, I believe, a, a theme park? Yes. It's it, it's a fantastic little game. Um, the concept is brilliant and the artwork inside is really good. I think it has actually been one of the categories it's been nominated in is for Best Interior Artwork, which I think is extra interesting in some respects because all the artwork inside is black and white. Black and white? Uh, not they haven't gone for full colour throughout. No, and a lot of a lot of the nominations in this category has traditionally been full colour artwork. So it's actually been really nice to see a black and white, um, you know, product get nominated for this. Yeah, you can get some really excellent artwork. Uh, who've we got coming up next? Okay, so we have Dungeons and Donuts. Uh, yeah, Dungeons <laughs> and Donuts. Um, two nominations: one from Scenario from Ontario, one from Ray and Keel Can Do. And one of the things, I don't know about the Rail and Keel Can Do, but certainly the scenario from Ontario uh, was written in a 24-hour competition. So it's probably mm. the quickest written product that's actually been nominated, um, certainly in this year's Ennies and possibly ever. Game Salute and Escapade Games have two nominations for Storm Hollow. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, I saw that. They've got a big old collector's edition out at the moment, something like $250. Pretty impressive. That's uh, expensive. Well, it looks like a very high-end uh, product, and what they have in it is they it's essentially a storytelling game. I got the impression aimed towards maybe the younger end of the market, and the idea is you're able to play each scenario through in an hour. So, yeah, strong well, choice. Are you familiar with Zweihander? Zweihander? I haven't played it myself, but many people keep recommending it to me and saying... Peter, you need to run Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay using Zweihander. Yeah, so Grim and Perilous Studios, they mm. produced their own take on Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Yes. Um, they've got two nominations this year for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's a big hardcover book. Mm. Have you seen Have you seen it, Angus? Again, I've got the PDF, but I haven't actually got the physical copy of it. Um, it basically, yeah, like has been said, it's basically a reimagining of the the original Warhammer system. Um, this was originally conceived and started up when Fancy Flight were doing Warhammer, which obviously they changed the system drastically. Yeah, they've been publicising this for years. From Hogshead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be interesting to see, um, because of course, uh, 
Cubicle 7 yes. have their version of All Hammers Fantasy Roleplay coming out next year. So I wonder if they'll be nominated next year. I, I think there's still quite a lot of space for Zweihander to thrive because mm. um, of the crunch it brings to the various uh, sword fighting techniques and so forth that you can get yeah. within it. So moving on quickly, mm. we'll just cover the last three uh, companies that have mm. two nominations. Uh, so we have, uh, I'm not 100% sure how you pronounce this, Mother Oith Productions... Mother Oif. Sounds very New Jersey to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they've got two nominations for Holy Crap, The Great Sects Change Operation, <laughs> S-E-C-T-S. Uh, this is a really nice little product, actually. It's uh-huh. a Savage Worlds uh, World supplement for a game called uh-huh. Low Life. Yeah, yeah. And it basically looks at the game's 60-odd religions, cults, mm. and everything else. Um, but it's very the whole game is very satirical, so it's a very, very good read. Nice. Uh, Pilgrim Press... Yes. Two nominations again, one for Cthulhu Confidential mm-hmm. and one for Hashtag Feminism. Mm, yes, uh, I've had my own Hashtag Feminism for a while. Essentially, again, in much like Story Hollow, it's a series of small one-off ventures that should be, as their ventures, scenarios, and it explores uh, feminism. In it's day. an anthology product, isn't it, with various different authors? Exactly. It is an anthology product, as you say. And Cthulhu Confidential is a fantastic game as well because it's um, it's a one-on-one uh, role-play game using guns for your systems. One of you is the GM, and it's for one other player. So it's mm. just a two-player, you know, a two-person game, and that um, I think has got certainly uh, fills a niche in the industry because there's not a lot of games which are specifically done for just GM plus one player. Uh, the multi shogoff could be a reality. Okay, like so it. the la- so the last one here, Swordfish Islands have two nominations for the Dark of Hot Springs Islands. Mm. I'm not familiar with this product myself. It's a hex-crawling sandbox game. Oh. Um, basically, it's a setting. That there's no system for it. They haven't... Mm-hmm. You know, so basically, you can pick it up and use it for D&D, Pathfinder, Tunnels and Trolls, mm. OS, whatever system you wanted. It's a whole bunch of very detailed locations and encounters um, that the GM can basically just pick up and, and play with and explore. It looks, it looks very nice. I haven't actually read through it myself i've only seen seen it online but uh, yeah it did look an interesting mm. product so that's all the companies that have two nominations the next step up the ladder three mm. nominations Woo. okay so we have evil hat productions mm-hmm. have three any nominations including two for blades in the dark oh yes nice and um, that's you're quite fond of that one aren't you it's again one of those games that i've only played a hack thereof but mm-hmm. i'm had many people enthusing to me about it. It's a game all about forming a criminal enterprise, performing heists, and seeing where it goes. Uh, very, very strongly narrative driven. But if you're going to do a heist, then that is the that is a very strong contender. Monty Cook Games, mm-hmm. three nominations uh, for three different products here. Ooh. I'm a Guide, mm-hmm. Predation, which I believe is the dinosaur themed game, and Uh Oh Monsters. Ooh. Now, if I'm not mistaken, both I Am A Guide and Uh Oh Monsters are for No Thanks Evil. No Thanks yeah, Evil. Yeah, they family games. The children, yeah. family-friendly one, um, <laughs> which is a fantastic game. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. say if anyone's got kids, take a look at that, because apart from it, yeah, it's a fantastic box set full of really yeah. nice material. Wonderful right. Games always has a strong presence in the Ennies, mm. and um, their production values are utterly gorgeous. Great um, introduction to role-playing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so finally then in the three nomination list we have Son of Oak Game Studio which mm-hmm. is being distributed by um, Modifius so um, mm-hmm. you could you know, you could credit those to Modifius Entertainment but uh, Son of Oak Game Studio has three nominations um, all for City of Mist products 
uh, one for City of Mist and one for uh, two for the City of Mist location maps. Um, yep. C- City of Mist is another Powered by Apocalypse game. Yeah, I know. I played it. Oh, it's yeah? great. You have played it. Yeah, yeah. No, it is a really, really nice game, and it looks fantastic. Uh, only the staff set, but I've had a really good time with it, and um, certainly it's been uh, one that people keep threatening to run at the club. And rightly so, to be fair. takes a lot of good stuff with Powered by Apocalypse and makes it happen. One of the things that I was amazed at was um, with the City of Mist actual rulebook mm-hmm. is a full-size meaty tomb. And I, mm-hmm. when, when, when I think... Somehow in my head, I've got the idea that it was going to be kind of like a, a more of a digest size, mm. yeah, maybe like Blades in the Dark style thing. Yeah. But it's absolutely glorious. But like, Blades in the Dark itself is quite a quite a weighty thing. I, I think it's one of those things where you're focusing on setting maybe more than like necessarily on rules. Would that yeah, be and they, 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 well, certainly with City of Mist, they have a lot of player archetypes and stuff that you can mm. choose from. So. Yeah. Hmm. so five nominations now. Ooh, and and what we're looking at here is a company that's got five nominations for just the one product, which makes what? it one of the strongest products in the entire competition this year. Um, with five nominations for Harlem Unbound is Darker Who Studios. Now, yeah, Harlem Unbound, we've, we've spoken about it on previous podcasts as well. Mm. It's a fantastic 1920s sort of jazz era, Call of Cthulhu mm. um, supplement, the whole team behind it have done a fantastic job on it. Yeah, it's one of the most well-written products I've read. It's definitely one of the standouts of this yeah. year for me, mm. without a doubt. Uh, I particularly like the cover art that I saw for it as well. I haven't had a chance to play it, but I, I very much like that uh, style. Almost a 1920s noir sort of feel to mm. it, which I think is pretty much bang on, really. So we, now we move up to six nominations. Um, mm. We're sort of seeing some of the old stalwarts here. Um, yeah. uh, we'll be looking at Green Running, Lamentations of the Flame Princess, and Modifius, all of which do fairly well yeah. in recent years. Green Running have um, six nominations. Four of them are there for their Freedom City products. Mm. One of them is for the Critical Role setting, mm. uh, Towel Doré. Yeah, Matt Mercer's um, yeah. own personal stuff. Uh, I think it was a record-breaking Kickstarter, wasn't it, Angus? No, no, no. I might think of something else. Maybe you're thinking Matt Colville. I think of Matt Colville. A critical role does have a, a Kickstarter they're affiliated with at the moment. I'm, we're talking about Green Running right now, but yeah. um, there's a critical role miniatures um, Kickstarter going on at the mm. moment, which has done, I think, about half a million pounds. I'm not sure what that is in dollars, $700,000. Still with like a, a week or two left to go. Oh, nice. No, wait, it's Wednesday the 4th, isn't it? It's still with about. <laughs> They're almost finished and, now. And that, actually, actually, that one, I'm not quite sure if it was actually a short duration. I think it was, yeah, so. because it only came to my attention a few days ago. Mm. So leaving Green running behind, um, yes. we have Lamentations of the Frame Princess. They've got uh, six nominations as well, five of which are for Frostbitten and Mutilated, which means it rivals Harlem Unbound as one of the top two mm-hmm. products, single products, with the most nominations this year. Yep. Um, I'm not familiar with the product myself. Have you seen it, either of you? Uh, I've read the blurb. I haven't actually had a chance to play any Lamentations. It's on my two playlist because I'm keen on the OSR. Yeah. A lot of talk about cannibalistic women feeding troll cats milk and opening up snakes and eating from their bellies. That's not me making stuff up. That's from their uh, blurb so, material. So, yeah. so Saturday night then. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, finally, uh, on uh, six nominations, <laughs> we have Modifius Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, two nominations for their uh, Star Trek Adventures Collector's Edition Court Rule book, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, it's a pretty book. It's a very the, pretty book. The, the interior art is full cover. I very much appreciated the chance to actually put a sort of a species slash face to the various names that I've heard kicking around in the Trekiverse. Mm. 
Yeah, sounds good. Okay, then. Should we move on up? We're uh, almost at the end of our list now. So we're looking at seven nominations. Seven nominations. Forging ahead. With seven nominations, we have a big sweep of Delta Green products from Arc Dream Publishing. Mm. Uh, four for the Delta Green RPG. A couple from uh, A Night at the Opera and uh, another nomination as well. Delta Green, i got to admit, really, really is capturing my attention at the moment. Mm. Also, Pelgrane have also... Yeah, just released their uh, Fall of Delta Green product yeah, we mentioned for, last week. For, for them, uh, yeah, so it looks like a fascinating setting. It's basically a sort of secret clandestine American agency which fights the Cthulhu mythos in modern yeah. day. Yeah, based out of World War Two, uh, fighting Nazis and the terrible magic that they're supposed to have done, having an agency set up to uh, get up and deal with them. I think there's a section where they've actually fallen out of favour with the American government and they sort of go freelance to fight. Cthulhu-esque monsters left, right, and centre, and then finally they're brought back into the fold. Yeah, sounds like a hell of a ride. Right then, we're up into the top, the top leagues now. Ooh. The best of the best. Ooh. Eight nominations. Only two companies have managed to uh, managed to put in eight nominations this year. I feel like we should have a drum roll. Thanks, Al. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and uh, number one with eight nominations, Chaosium. Chaosium. Mm. Uh, it's quite a, a wide range of nominations they've got there for a whole bunch of different products. Um, they've only got one with more than one nomination, which is um, nice. which is actually a, a board game, Khan of, a card oh. game, sorry, Khan of Khans. Um, it's mm. related to the Gloantha setting, which is why it's um, mm. why it's valid this year. And the other company with eight nominations, mm. and I don't think there's really any surprise here, mm. Peso. Oh, of course. Always do very, very, very well at the Ennies. Um, they've got a load of nominations, mainly for Starfinder-related stuff. Two yes. for the Starfinder Core Rulebook, two for Starfinder Pact, a uh, three for Starfinder Pact Worlds, and others for other Starfinder-related products. But Starfinder, mm. strong showing. Very strong showing. Probably as to be expected, especially with the Gen Con release, obviously, a year ago from the previous, um, from this year's Ennies, because mm. uh, it's uh, you know been their flagship game, really, for mm. this year. So. Mm. Uh, so, what, have, you, have you got the list there, Angus? What else has Chaosium been nominated for, as well as Kind of Cards? Um, the Two-Headed Serpent, which is a big 1930s-era uh, pulp adventure mm. that takes place all around the world. You'll be in Bolivia, you'll be kind of like in the, the, the mid-Kavalik kind of dust belt of, mm. kind of like America. A bit, bit, bit like Nayar, so, Nayar, Nayar, Yeah, a bit like Mask of Nayar, Falafa, 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 it has had a lot of very good you know, reviews and feedback back on this so I wouldn't be surprised if you in years to come they'll be talking about Two-Headed Serpent in the same way that we talk about Master of the Night that's up for Best Adventure isn't it? Um, that's up for Best Adventure you've got Down Darker Trails which is um, Call of Cthulhu's Western setting so basically it's in the Old West the frontier lands um, with you know nasty Cthulhu bits and pieces coming through there um, there's also the French Revolution one which Ooh. was Reign of Terror that's been nominated as well um, which is uh, yeah, kind of like the Paris of the time and everything yeah. else um, and it's actually got a fantastic map of Paris inside it um, nice. which is yeah, one of the best yeah, best cartography piece I've seen. Although it hasn't mm. actually been nominated for cartography, I don't think. But um, mm. yeah, it has got a very nice map in there. Yeah. You've got the Khan of Khans, which has been mentioned. Ringquest Quick Start Rules and Adventure, um, mm. which is nominated as the best free product category. It's a strong showing all round. Oh, and your, your favourite from the other day, the mm-hmm. Grand Grimoire of Cthulhu Mythos Magic. What can I say? It is a crap, crapping, crapping name. 
and I would I need to get hold of a copy just so I can whack it on the bookshelf because if I'm going to have a bookshelf it should have a grand grimer on no question about it hmm. so yeah so the, the two companies who are definitely sort of like the strong the strongest contenders are hmm. Chaosium and Peso this year and the two products uh, by two entirely different companies are uh, Frostbitten and Mutilated and Harlemmer Unbound both with five nominations each absolutely now I feel there is a question that I should ask um, there's obviously why no nominations for people like Wizards of the Coast or Fantasy Flight Games? Uh, neither of those companies entered this year. All right. Okay. So oh, to enter, to, to actually be in with a chance of being nominated to be any is a company actually has to submit the product to be able to be considered for it. You've got to be in it to win it. You've got to be in it to win it. So, yeah. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about the Ennies because um, yeah. every single year we get asked the same the same questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, one of the questions we get asked frequently is, well, does that actually affect a company's, you know, bottom line or their sales figures? And my answer to that is always, um, I don't know, possibly, possibly <laughs> not, but it doesn't matter because yeah. that's not the purpose of the Ennies. No. When, you know, companies have massive marketing, well, some of the companies have large marketing mm. budgets. They, they, they can handle their own marketing. Mm. The, the purposes of the Ennies is to reward the actual individual creators. Mm. So it's it's not so much for the publishers themselves as it is for like the cartographers and the editors and the writers mm. and the artists and all these different people who can turn mm. around then and say, I got an Ennie for my cartography in this book. Nice. And uh, that's why I think it's important for companies to enter things like the Ennies because... Um, even if it's not necessarily all about their bottom line, it is about rewarding one way that they can reward their employees and their creators and yeah. give a little back and just say, look, you know, thank you so much for all the hard work you've done for us. You've done really good work. You deserve an award. I, I, I can't help but think it would probably still help a company's bottom line because even knowing that if I went in, like, say, 10 years ago, knowing very little about RPGs or whatever, I'm looking at two books. I'm probably going to go with one that's won some awards. I'll be fair. Yeah, yeah. I think with, certainly where I came from from publishing background, mm. um, what you saw is it can help. It can help small companies enormously. Absolutely. Um, because you know, kind of like I remember the, the first year that we did um, Cubicle Seven, we got three nominations the first year before we went full time. When we had gone full time, we had something like thirteen nominations that year, which rivaled Peso's nominations for a year. Mm. Now. You know, the chances are is, you know, we might not have won anything, but the thing was is just getting those nominations made people go, who are these people? And certainly made our stand at Gen Con, you know, slightly more of a destination stand to actually check us out. Oh, yeah. And Shadows of Restaurant, which run, won very big a few years ago, mm, which is a yeah, French company, that, yeah. they, they won a whole load over that weekend, over mm. the Gen Con weekend. They saw an influx of people coming to the stand for, for the day following Viennese just to check it out because yeah, a couple of, it wasn't a vastly well-known game mm-hmm. uh, from brand new publisher and you know so it can really really boost it if you know and it's like Harlem Unbound I think mm-hmm. a lot of people will be checking out something like Harlem Unbound this year mm-hmm. because of the sheer number of nominations it's got from a company where this is their first product mm-hmm. you know so yeah I think it can yeah it can do very well on the company side for the top end of people like FFG Peso Watsy. The awards pro, yeah, won't have that same amount of sales significance, but mm. it's certainly very, very nice to be able to say, hey, you know, kind of like, yeah, we won. Especially with Peso, because Peso 
this year they, they haven't got what's year's competition mm. and in previous years they can walk away going hey we've won like eight nine ennies you know it's a big you know, but more important if it pays are individual mm. designers mm. you know hey that adventure that i wrote won an i have won an any it's it's a reward for the people not yeah. for not for the companies yeah. Yeah. and and also for the writers of those adventures etc they can then go to other companies and say i wrote the award winning i am an any yeah. award winning writer and, and, i am an any will... award winning yeah, and, artist, for example. And that will actually help them pick up work later on as well. And you see it all over social media. When the Ennies are announced today, for instance, yeah. there'll be a load of people going, the product I worked on has got an Ennie. Or, you know, and then you know, they'll be campaigning and talking about it up until the Ennies. And then the Ennies themselves, you know, kind of like after the Ennies are done, they'll be like, I won an Ennie. Or congratulations <laughs> to the ones that won the Ennie instead. You know, but the thing is, there's, you know, kind of like, there is a lot of groundswell amongst the, you know, amongst the production teams and the creators involved in the in each product. I would love to win in any. <laughs> we told you not that twenty. <laughs> oh well. I, I must say it's bride. it's a thrill. You know, kind of like sitting down, listening, going through the whole thing, listening, you know, your you know, your your product name gets called out. Some you win, well, some that's, you don't well, win. Well, that's the other thing, because so much, especially on the internet these days, is so negative. Mm. Um, you bring out a product and people can be so, so negative about those products. Mm. Um, well, well, you know, it is very, very nice to sell lots of copies of your product and make a lot of money from that. <laughs> and the Ennies aren't really anything to do with that. No. Uh, it is nice just to have that evening where you're sitting there and it's literally just sort of like a lot of publishers and fans just clapping and saying, thank you, well done, you did a good job, just for tonight, let's all have a really nice night, we're not going to be negative, we're not going to, you know, we're going to celebrate the best in gaming rather than tearing it down, which is what yeah. I think these days the internet does so much of. Mm. And I think it's just a nice, it's a, it's a morale boost, it's, it's just a nice evening. And especially coming when it does during Gen Con four days as yeah. well, because it's on Friday night. Mm-hmm. So you've just done two days of Gen Con. You're halfway through, you've got another two to go. Ooh. And it's a nice kind of like, yeah, pick me up. It's giving me a little bit more energy to see for the next couple of days. Plus, of course, there's a bar, which always helps. And there's a bar. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, sadly, I won't uh, be at the Ennies this year. You'll be there, won't you, Angus? I should be there. I think, I think the next one I definitely 100% want to make sure I go to without fail mm-hmm. will be the 20th anniversary Ennies, mm. which is the year after next. Yeah. I hope to go next year anyway, but the year after next, 20 years, 20. I feel Ooh. old. And what you should then, what, what you should do is a special, special award that year by looking at the last 20 years worth of like best product of year or something and do product of, a, you know, product mm. of decades. The, the giant meta. 20, of year. 21st yeah. century product of year. Ooh. Now, one, one of the, one of the things, um, I wouldn't mind actually looking at and saying more, yeah, just going down the list is actually looking at those products that have actually been nominated for both best product um, and also... Well, why, don't we, why don't we have a look at the product of the year? There's 10 nominees. Mm. Have you got the list there in front of you, Angus? I do. Product of the year. Harlem Unbound by Darker Hue Studios. No surprise there. Mm-hmm. Delta Green, the RPG from Arc Dream Publishing. No surprise there. I'm going to say that every time, aren't I? Of course there's no surprise in any of these because... <laughs> You've seen the list, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Frostbitten and Mutilated by Lamentations mm-hmm. of Flame Princess. No surprise there. Zweihander by Grim and Perilous Studio. Freedom City by Green Ronin Publishing. Mm-hmm. Starfinder by Peso Inc. Mm-hmm. Blades in the Dark by Evil Hat Productions. 
The Dark of Hot Springs Island by Swordfish Islands. Star Trek Adventures, Collector's Edition Core Rulebook by Modafias Entertainment. Happiest Apocalypse on Earth by Christopher Gray. So they're all products we mentioned earlier today already, of course. Yeah. Um, they all feature in other categories. I'm not going to say what my favourite in that category is, but you two can. What would you pick out of those? Ooh, which is my personal favourite, hmm. or which one would I like to win? That is a tough one. That is a tough one. Uh, my instincts are that I personally, of those, I'd probably get a copy of Blades in the Dark and Lamentation of the Flame Princess first, because mm-hmm. those are most closely in line with my interests. Angus? It's hard. I've, I've got a few of these myself already, and... It's it's a very very hard category. I fit. I really like the happiest apocalypse on earth because mm-hmm. yeah, it's such a quirky, nice little setting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not one I thought, unfortunately think would probably win product of the year. I suspect realistically mm-hmm. something like Starfinder will probably win it. Yeah, yeah. Harlem Unbound I think's got very very good shout and uh, you know, yeah. Let's face it, none of these have gotten onto product of year by being you know being less than good. I was certainly impressed by what I saw of the design ethos for Holland and Bound. It's just like, it's a more of a story-telling game, and that's not my personal style. But if I was going to go on, I might well go with that. So certainly I'll be uh, looking to uh, see how that does in the uh, innings mm. with Close Interest. Angus, can you remind me who won the Origins Awards this year? Uh, the Origins Award, the best roleplay rules, was won by Adventures in Middle-Earth uh, Players Guide. Which, of course, Cube, which of course won the Ennies last year. Yeah, because yes. it came out in the last yeah. window for the Ennies. Because the windows for the Ennies and Origins are slightly different yeah. time-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fan product of year for Origins was Starfinder, which obviously is in, in this year's yeah, It's a strong contender this year. And the best mm. RPG supplement at Origins was Xanathar's Guide to Everything, which of course hasn't actually been submitted for this year's uh, Ennies. So isn't yeah. isn't a nomination. Can we quickly just go through some of the important dates for the Ennies coming up? Uh, so yeah, obviously today, July the fourth is um, the date where the nominees and the judge highlights are announced. From July th- the eleventh through to the twenty first, so that's ten days. Mm-hmm. We'll have voting for the judges, next year's judges, Ooh. and uh, the rest of the award, the awards. Exciting. And then the awards are announced on August the third, eight p.m. At the Ennies 2018 ceremony at the Union Station, Indianapolis. That's basically the Friday night at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone can attend. Uh, no tickets needed. Just turn up. No dress code, although I tend to try and dress a little smartly on those nights. That's um, a big occasion. But, you know, you know, there's no dress code. No tickets required. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a great night. And you get to see all your favourite publishers get a little bit of well-deserved recognition. A bit of that Stardust. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Hey listeners, we really appreciate your dedicated loyalty for listening to us. And what would really help us get out there, spread the word of the podcast to the unbeliever, would be if you go onto iTunes and give us a five-star review, because apparently that's the way the system works. Yeah, so the way iTunes works is their new and noteworthy section is mm. largely, largely decided on who's included on that by mm. the number of sort of reviews you get. So if you don't get any reviews, you're not going to appear on there. And if you appear <laughs> on there, obviously your podcast you know, it gets a boost in popularity. Fantastic. It's kind of a circular kind of thing. So if you could just go onto iTunes, give us a quick review, it literally takes a minute, and you could probably do it from your phone, through the app or whatever, that would be wonderful, and it will really, really help with the um, visibility. We have, in fact, had several listeners. I suppose they're listeners. Yes, we've... Tell us about these, please. Uh, I, I, know, I know, I know the concept of people listening to us is... 
Well, I'm... We've still actually f- got a decent number of people. Look at that number there, look. What does that number say? What? That's unbelievable. Not for a starting podcast. Uh, well, I, I, I just find it hard to believe that anyone would um, want to listen to us, but... I'm pretty sure they're all tuning in for me. Yeah, I mean, it seems likely it's... Uh, your, your charismatic voice or something like that. <laughs> Not the face, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had some people write some lovely things for us, like, great episode. If you guys don't add some show notes with the games you mentioned, I'm going to get in the car wreck trying to write it all down. I will add that we do add show notes to the We We now add show notes has an important safety precaution because we value you all and we don't want any of you to get in car wrecks trying to write down the stuff whilst we're gibbering. Well, it's just not worth it. So what else have people said? Um, all nice stuff. Well, no, some of it's been really good. I've really appreciated it. Like, um, they're reminding me that um, Buddhism originated in India rather than in China, which, in fairness, I did know. But when I was talking about Monkey, I may have got very excited and said that they were going to take Buddhism to India, which would obviously be like taking coals to Newcastle. As I recall, you were talking about 300 miles a second. Oh, causing the breath. Well. So it's understandable if you did make a couple of mistakes part uh, way through there. Apparently someone has said most successful podcasts are built off people who have knowledge and passion for a subject just chatting about it. Uh, you also have a good rapport slash chemistry, which is very helpful, which I thought was really sweet. I'm really impressed that he thinks that we have knowledge too. I, I, I know. <laughs> Don't tell them. Like they're, they're, they're ignorance of our complete lack of knowledge about anything is touchable. But we, again, we really appreciate that. So that's amazing. We've had people saying that our sound quality was good for a first time go. So I'm like, yeah. That's kind of a slightly backhanded compliment, but okay. It, it, it's, from someone in, it. it's from someone in Britain. This is like, yeah, we have been embraced in their arms, is all I can say. Uh, yeah. And someone also said, just listen to podcast number one, second one yesterday, really could have enjoyed it. And that was fantastic. So uh, we're just saying this because we really appreciate all those people who've taken the time to actually listen to what we're doing. So. Wow, thank you so much. And also to like actually take the time to let us and maybe iTunes and whoever know about what they think. Because it's, it's fantastic. We really do appreciate all the feedback we get. I'm just looking at We have a nice little Twitter review here, by the way. Ooh. Love the polearm segment. Brilliant. Very Monty Python with an ending that could be straight from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Pew, 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 pew. That <laughs> was from uh, Triumvine, whose game we discussed last week. Lovely, lovely. And he still likes the podcast. What can I say? So clearly a snappy name. In the last podcast, we held a competition, the winner of which would get a copy of now the modern action role-playing game. Um, as it happens, we're recording early this week um, because the Ennies, uh nominations are being announced next Wednesday. We want to have the podcast ready in time. Um, so uh, we won't be able to announce the winner of that competition until next episode because technically the competition entering, entry period is still open until the end of day today. You'll be hearing this on Wednesday the 4th. Today for us is actually the, fr- the Friday before. Thank you as ever for listening to us here at Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news. It's goodbye from me, Russ. It's goodbye from me, Pete Coffee. And it's goodbye from me, Angus Havens. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.